0: begun gradually to look at the psychiatry completely from the perspective of trauma since the millennium i have been treating traumatized individuals only nowadays i consider myself treating people that all have a dissociative
1: disorder we think that considering the future of psychiatry and also in society it is really crucial whether we increase our understanding on How traumatizing experiences are contained in an individual? How they shape one's life and identity? What trauma memories are like and how they vary? How trauma still after decades affect human behavior?
0: Probably psychiatry cannot develop very far without perceiving the implications of emotional trauma and recognizing it as the essential cause of psychological disorders. Trauma-informed treatment is founded on a solid theoretical understanding on how trauma affects the human organism, also shaping the structure and functioning of the nervous system. Understanding this is transformation. Unfortunately, The current psychiatric diagnosis applied today can even further conceal trauma, as can treatment that is pharmaceutically focused. Any kind of effective model of treatment that improves the prognosis of these patients is important. Treating trauma takes a lot of time, but it can be very productive. In simple terms, the theory of structural dissociation describes how trauma is concealed, and the polyvagal theory accounts for how we as humans behave and physically react regarding safety, threat, or lethal danger. The most simple and cost-efficient improvement in all activities aiming to promote mental health would be recognizing the importance of safe interaction and setting this understanding as the objective of all treatment trauma theories are helpful in all practical work they can intrinsically increase the feeling of safety in both the patient and the professional and promote success in interactions. Without applying them, it may be difficult or even impossible to recognize and face a concealed trauma. Psychiatry doesn't always value hope as much as it should, because realistic hope is very efficient form of safety. Trauma can be Emotional trauma is psychobiological damage that is caused by unbearable experiences. In one way or another, these kinds of experiences are always life threatening. They occur especially in childhood in a harmful environment. It is essential to understand how vulnerable a child is compared to an adult. A child is fully dependent on external support. Generally speaking, childhood trauma always means that one has been left alone with unbearable emotions. Being left alone like this is traumatizing, and there are always severe and lifelong consequences. Based on my experience, even professionals have a hard time understanding this. I'm used to considering psychological problems from an evolutionary perspective. And I formulated it like this. Being isolated is traumatizing for a social, herd animal like a human being. When trauma occurs in childhood, that is when the nervous system is going through a phase of rapid development, it always results in a dissociative disorder of some degree. The child must learn to live with the consequences of trauma, to adjust and to survive. This means that traumatizing experiences must be separated from everything else. In spite of this dissociation, the encapsulated trauma keeps on affecting your life, your relationships, and the choices you make all the time. In other words, the personality is divided. It doesn't become integrated like it would in a safe environment, which is sensitive to child's needs. The effects of emotional damage are very individual and diverse. They can show in many different ways. It can also affect person's ability to defend oneself later on in life. This can lead to a circle of re-traumatization. From the perspective of structural dissociation and trauma, many psychological problems and disorders seem more logical and understandable. Understanding the theory of structural dissociation has changed my own life profoundly. This understanding helps me every day as traumatized people come to my practice. The most important insights I have gained, both as a patient and as a doctor, are related to the general principles in recognizing and understanding trauma. There are two of them, and they are structural dissociation and polyvagal theory.
1: In a sufficiently safe environment that is sensitive to child's needs, the human personality develops wholly. In other words, life experiences are integrated into the consciousness. When trauma occurs in childhood, that is when the nervous system is going through a phase of rapid development, it always results in a dissociative disorder of some degree. This means that the traumatizing experiences must be separated from everything else. In other words, the personality is divided, dissociated, and the traumatic experience is encapsulated. The part that is carrying the traumatic experience is called EP, emotional part of the personality. Because the unbearable experience has been separated from the personality, it is no longer whole. Therefore, the remaining part is called ANP, apparently normal part of the personality. The main purpose for the ANP is to keep on living as if nothing ever happened, and the encapsulated EP is stuck in the trauma time. The more chronic traumatization and dissociation is, the more complicated the fragmentation of the personality structure will become. One part may bear the pain experience or the physical feeling. The second part carries the picture of the event and the third part the sound. One cannot recall the traumatic memory by will, but it is triggered by a reminder of the trauma. Usually, a traumatic memory is triggered just partially. Some fragment of it reaches the consciousness. Sometimes, it might activate wholly. This is called a flashback. Depending on how early the traumatization begins and the severity of it, the greater the likelihood is that the ANP is also divided. The dissociative identity disorder also called as DID, means that there are more than one ANP sharing the everyday life of the individual.
0: Part of the human nervous system functions without voluntary regulation, such as blood circulation, digestion, thermal regulation and respiration. They happen without conscious effort. The same applies to defense response in life-threatening situations. The biological basis for this kind of defense is formed by autonomic nervous system. In the face of danger, before any conscious effort, automatic defense turns on and the body prepares itself for fight or flight. However, if this kind of active response doesn't work. The autonomic nervous system launches the passive alternative to save energy. The autonomic nervous system responds to threat of death by total submission and paralysis. This is the core of polyvago theory. Emotional damage leaves such a mark that even in situations which are not threatening, can result in aggression, fear, or paralysis. Paralysis can show in varying degrees, like exhaustion, muscle weakness, or twitches. It can also show in the social level, as problems with personal boundaries or standing up for oneself. One may as well suffer from problems caused by hyperarousal, Anxiety, for example, or panic, or constant alertness. These are very energy-consuming effects of trauma. All this activity, originally aimed at defending against threat, is also regulated by the autonomic nervous system. It all happens unconsciously, although the threat itself may be long gone. Polyvagal theory also allows us to consider depressive states in a whole new way. They can be seen as states of trauma related hypoarousal. If you are prone to hypoarousal, your ability to defend yourself is weakened and it makes you vulnerable to further trauma. Understanding of the autonomic nervous system has been inspiring me for a whole decade already. The polyvagal theory plays an important role in my daily work. It also explains the biology of tranquility and safety, the experience that is generally the basis for successful treatment. It is quite curious that there is more research on threat-related emotions than tranquility. Considering all psychiatric treatment, the importance of safety cannot be overstated. Trauma-informed treatment addresses, psychological problems, as something caused by the environment and not the genetic inheritance, for example. This creates responsibility. It's healing for one to understand their life experience, realizing it, and putting it into perspective. However, this is especially hard and demanding with emotional damage. Because it is very natural for human to avoid and elude something that is unbearable. What is essential is to understand what the disproportionate emotions and states, the overreactions, are telling us. They are carrying an important message from the past that can be deciphered. For this, we need another person and verbal sharing. It is especially hard when exceptional and unbearable things have happened. A common problem is that in a therapeutic setting, only one part of the person is considered and seen. And too far reaching conclusions are drawn from this. This results in various issues and errors in judgment. And most importantly, the patient doesn't feel like they are seen in a truthful way. Trauma theory helps us to understand the big picture, looking at it more realistically, seeing the complexities, so that a better target for treatment can be found. There are different stages in trauma treatment. Successful treatment takes time, inevitably. First, you must build enough trust and safety. Safety is the most important condition for a successful treatment of trauma. The treatment must include a corrective emotional experience, that you don't have to be alone with your problems anymore. Then it is possible to gain totally new experiences of being understood and really seen. It is in itself healing to be wholly seen and understood as all your parts, and it can bring more realization for the past and the present this can have a magnificent effect on you it can free you from the shackles of the past a specific fact is that numerous and frequent corrective emotional experiences are needed to recover from childhood trauma it takes so much time and the kind of patience that it is not considered appropriate and reasonable in these times of maximum efficiency. We have to keep away from the idea that trauma can't be healed. It is a question of how much time we are willing to invest on it. Sufficiently long-term treatment of trauma will pay for itself many times, so it is especially cost-efficient.
1: For trauma recovery, we need another person and verbal sharing, i.e. therapy. There are different stages in trauma treatment. Successful treatment takes time, inevitably. First, you must build enough trust and safety. Safety is the most important condition for a successful treatment of trauma. The treatment must include a corrective emotional experience, that you don't have to be alone with your problems anymore. Achieving realization does not mean that one should rewind and relive the traumatic events again and again, but by encountering the part that was born due to the traumatic event, and by exploring the emotions and sensations that they are holding, we can gradually obtain the level of trust and safety that are needed for healing to occur. It is important to be seen as all the parts. Thus the shift from trauma time to the present is possible and slowly the symptoms will reside. Realization is an automatic response to the experience of safety. Realization or defragmentation means that life experiences and personality characteristics return to the rest of the personality structure, thus forming a more wholesome self and obtaining healthy control over one's life and choices. Trauma is always accompanied by a strong experience of seclusion. Peer support plays an important role in the realization process. It is an important stage in the journey to recovery. At its best, it is possible to find one's own tribe through peer work, which is essential to a herd animal like we humans are. Trauma can be healed.